Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. How about it? Happy Monday out there. October 16, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, Gabe Kuhn, on X at G underscore Kuhn 71, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Good? I'm doing all right. All right. Yeah, I'm still recovering from Friday night. That was just a brutal loss from the Tigers, man. Give you the hope. And it just dissipated as you got into the fourth quarter. But I'll get to that in just a moment. We have three hours of talk on the way, courtesy. Well, a little less than three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN. You're truly going to pass you off to the Cowboys Radio Network for Cowboys versus Chargers Monday Night Football. The hot take bowl with Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott squaring off. Um, we'll get to uh, we'll, we'll get you out to pregame at about 6.45, right after we talk or I talk with Harold Greater, but speaking of which, Harold Greater is at six o'clock. Associate Executive Director of the Autos on Liberty Bowl. We have some college football to discuss. Tigers. I know that I saw him on Friday night, and that one hurt him just as much as it hurt me. Five o'clock. More of that with Jeff Calkins from the Jeff Calkins Show on the Daily Myth. And also on top of that, we did have preseason college basketball notes that we have to get to. Tigers are not in the AP Top Twenty-Five. Nowhere to be found in any of the polls. Now they did get some votes. Seven in the AP Top 25, but I find it strange considering the team that they're being compared to, largely in the American Athletic Conference, Florida Atlantic, number 10 overall in the AP poll. Number 10 overall in the AP poll. A top 10 team in Florida Atlantic. Tigers don't even crack the AP Top 25. I find that interesting, but we'll have plenty of discussion on that when we get to it. Um, Also, when it comes to college football, and what week seven was, USC, it is over. Bye bye I know. I can't believe in you. I'm glad, Connor, that I opened up last week after getting off my honeymoon on USC and that defense and how that team down the stretch of the season with Notre Dame and UCLA and Utah and Oregon and Washington all on the schedule, I'm glad I called what I called. Not just one, but multiple losses down the stretch of the season. 
They dropped all the way to 17th in the AP poll after a 48 to 20 loss to Notre Dame. 48 to 20. And all that hope for Caleb Williams winning two Heismans, you can kiss that goodbye as well. No chance. Three interceptions. Notre Dame just pummeled them, tore them apart limb from limb. And that's a that's a Notre Dame team that you wondered about motivation with two losses. You wondered, you know, they thought they were going to be a college football playoff team. You wondered if they would be able to get themselves up for a game like that. They sure as hell did. 48-20 to 20, um, was the final score there. Um, and then also, Grizzlies preseason. Zaire, okay. Fifth starter, feeling okay about it right this second. He strung together three straight games, including last night against the Heat, that have looked confident, that have looked impressive, to say the least. But I have to start on Tigers losing to Tulane. This is, uh, this is not fun for me to talk about. 31-21, they end up. Losing, they were up at one point at the beginning of the second half, 21 to 10. They had 21 unanswered points that they put up on Tulane after Tulane took a 10 point, 10 to nothing lead. Um, and really, what it comes down to ultimately is the consistency of Seth Hennigan or lack of consistency from Seth Hennigan and a defense who did not buck up when the time asked them to buck up. And really, I think overarchingly, the past three years have been marred by the same exact thing. It's finishing. It's getting a lead and it's putting your foot on the gas. They have not been able to do that. There's some complacency, I think, in a lot of ways when they get into these big games against big teams and they tend to struggle to keep leads. I remember a couple years ago, now no one knew what they knew, what we know now about UT San Antonio. They were a 10-win team, 11-win team that year, but they got up 21-nothing early in that game and let that one slip out of their fingers as well because couldn't get timely stops and you turn the ball over. This was the exact same thing in a lot of ways. You knew going into the game that the running game was not going to be able to get going. Tulane was uh, top 15 going into the game in rush defense in the country. So you knew that was going to be a struggle. But the effort wasn't there. And quite frankly, the results weren't there. Um, I think in the first half, going into the second half, you saw uh, a couple of weapons for the Tigers who have you know been there at least – since the Boise State game, Rock Taylor even before that, you saw Rock Taylor and Demir Blankamsey sort of show what they needed to show. Seven receptions, 108 yards for Rock Taylor, Demir Blankamsey, six for 108 and a TD. They were great early. But as that game got into crunch time, as that game started to slip away from the Tigers, Seth Hennigan was not able to put it on either of those guys in any meaningful way. And I think the biggest switch in that game came at the beginning of the fourth quarter Tigers were starting a drive. They had three plays, 12 yards. Seth Hennigan tries to hook up with Rock Taylor. The ball slips a little bit behind him. It tips off Rock Taylor. Tulane's DB comes down, gets both feet in bounds. There's the pick. And I did not see any level of response from the Tigers the rest of the game, quite frankly. It's very frustrating, though. It's all on the table for you. You want to be at the top of the group of five. You want to be at the top of the AAC. You should be at the top of the AAC with everything that's working in your favor with what we've seen from this program since about 2014. You should, considering the rest of the competition in this conference, be at the top of the AAC. But you lose that for this week. Does that mean that they can't recover? No. But seeing them lose a game like that on their home field, a team they had not lost to on their home field since November 7, 1998, your hope is not quite there. Your skepticism absolutely is there that they're going to be able to do 
uh, what they need to do down the stretch of the season. Is there a, a is there a possibility that they can get through UAB and North Texas on the road, then USF and Charlotte, and have two losses going into an SMU game that could put them over the top in the AAC, get them to the AAC championship? There is a possibility that that is the case, but one at a time. I know that it gets annoying to hear that everything's out in front of this team. It sure is, but I think everybody, and I speak for everybody when I say this, I think everybody's meeting this with a, with a fair amount of skepticism, and I think that's fair after seeing the results year after year, seeing leads dissipate year after year. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way around it. It was an extremely disappointing Friday night for the Memphis Tigers, especially when they had a 21-10 to 10 lead with the second half. It's, it felt like the same old story that we've been talking about the last few years. They are playing a team where they have to win. They could put themselves on the map. They could prove a point with a win here. They get up early, and then they let it slip through their fingers in the second half. And it, it, it's not that – it's not from a lack of effort. It's like a lack of creativity or like yep. a lack of aggressiveness from them. And then the same old things haunt them. Not getting yeah. stops on third down late in games, um, turning the ball over late Not in being games. able to run the ball. It's just it consistently comes back to haunt them in games like this. And I, I think the last three years have shown us when they play opponents that they should beat, more often than not, they will beat them. When they play opponents that may be favored over them, they're likely not going to win that game. It's just it, it's, it's, it's become relatively predictable at this point. It's, it's very frustrating for a lot of Memphis fans knowing what this, this program can be, seeing the championship DNA that was instilled under Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell. I can see why people are frustrated with the Ryan Silverfield era because you see the same things week after week. And you, but you, and you see flashes of something better. You see flashes of something greater. You, you see know a what talented I mean? team out and there. And I think that's why this is so frustrating because the excuses that we've had the last few seasons about the, well, we got to make sure the defense is better. Well, we got to get the skill position players. Well, those guys are here this year. You know, the defense was supposed to be better this season. It was early in the year when they were playing teams worse than they were, but when we needed them to step up against teams like Navy against Tulane, they struggled. That yep. can't be happening. The, the, the skill position guys, they're showing up, but then all of a sudden your running game completely disappears and probably your biggest game of the season. It's extremely frustrating to watch because it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You see, you see the team as what it should be, and then when the moments where they have to execute perfectly, they completely fall apart. Now, listen, they were not favored in this game by any stretch of the imagination. You still thought that they could win it being that they last time they had lost it to Lane at home was 1998. If they win this game, if they would have won this game, it just would have looked so much different, the outlook for everything. Right. Right? 5-1 and one with a loss that's aging very well. Missouri's I don't know if you saw team. what Mizzou did this weekend, 38-21 over Kentucky at their place. You remember my four, my four, four words for that matchup in particular? It was Mizzou, are you real? They question are. Mark. Yes, they are absolutely real. So that seven-point loss wouldn't have looked near as bad if you go 5-1 and one going into uh, this week against UAB for the Battle of the Bones for the first time since 2012. Um, but now you're 4-2, and two, and in front of the biggest crowd of the year, about 35,000 packed in the sim, you just let them down again. And it, it, the energy in that place, though, Connor, like I can't, I can't harp on this enough. The energy in that place going into the second half, going up 21-10, it felt back. It felt like this is going to be the moment of 
uh, Ryan Silverfield's era. This is going to define. This is his tenure finally flipping. You see a team that's capable of winning conference championships. And then as the fourth quarter wore along, you just saw it slip out of the fingers. The energy started to get to a low. And then final possession of the game just sort of fell flat on your face, turned it over on downs. Delane's able to run it out. I, I think that's my most frustrating th- thing from the loss is that it really did feel like you were on the precipice of this thing flipping. Yes. Of you'd be 5-1, and one, you'd be in prime position for a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, you, you, be, you have a chance to be back in the rankings. That Mizzou win is, or that Mizzou loss is, is aging beautifully. And you really felt like we could get past the is Ryan the guy conversations at least for this season. You thought that was going to be over after that first half. And then the second half, 21 straight. 21 straight. And you were just like, come on! And you, and you just felt it slipping through your fingers. And and again, it's it's unfortunate, but it's just the same old story, same old story, different team. And that is what I think is so was so tough about it is that it wasn't shocking. It was just disappointing. Yeah. And then, like, looking at the other side, Tulane, I think, is a fine team. Michael right. Pratt played really well. He just didn't turn the ball over. They ran the ball. Um, 19 for 31, 259, one TD. But Makai Hughes was phenomenal, 26 for 130 and a TD. He just – they were consistent. They could stay on pace a whole lot better than the Tigers offensively the entire game. And I know, like, it, it kind of just threw me off. Number 17, Chris Brazel II. I know he only had three catches. But you had to look down at the box score to figure out he only had three catches. Every time that Tulane needed a play, needed a third down conversion, needed a big throw downfield, where was number 17 catching the ball, coming down with it, and making things happen in crunch time? And I don't know if Tiger, the Tigers have those players right now that can make those great plays in crunch time. We saw a little bit of it against Boise State. But again, like that Boise State team is not good. They're two and four now. They just lost to Colorado State know, on a last tough. second heave. Like it's just against good teams, you have to have guys within the margins. And I think Chris Brazel the second's a good example for Tulane that can make plays. Guys that may not be the the first person you throw to, the first person you try to get the ball in the hands of. But guys that will make plays when their number is called. And I don't see enough guys on the Tigers when the game gets hard when you face a little bit of adversity that can go make that play. I just don't see it. Offense, defense, special teams, all the way through this team. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of guys who, when it's, when it's at the beginning of the game, you have a lead, they'll go make some plays, you can ride some momentum. But as soon as that momentum flips, that momentum flips and it feels like it sticks for they good. They get tight. They get they tight. They get tight, uncomfortable. It's, it's the same thing we've seen for the last three years. They get tight. They get tight. They stop trying to be aggressive. Seth gets... I mean, do you want to have the conversation? Let's. I mean, sure. I mean, that's this is absolutely a conversation that needs to be had. Right. Seth Hennigan. The truth of the matter is, in conference play, has not lived up to the standard that should be there for the American Athletic Conference in its current form. Let's be honest. Against teams that are solid, that is a t- it's a toss up game in conference. He doesn't necessarily win those ones. Against teams that you should beat, generally he steps up, makes things happen. But I have not seen the growth or the progression I've expected to see since his freshman year. Solid with Kevin Johns, looked really good, made things happen with his arm, even as a true freshman. You expect that to grow. You expect that to change throughout his career, him to get better, to take care of the ball. It has gotten progressively worse. Now, I don't know 
what you do. I know there's a lot of people out there, let's be honest, uh, tr- talking about Tevin Carter. Tevin Carter is a four-star guy from the, from the city of Memphis, went to Pure Academy, really athletic, uh, has a great deep ball, really, really talented. I still am not sold on the fact that this is the type of guy that you could replace Seth. Seth is still the best guy in that quarterback room. But if you want to get inventive, if you want to, uh, you know, fight a little bit of complacency maybe with Seth Hennigan, maybe throw in a package or two, but Seth needs to show that he's going to be the reason they win games. I thought he did that in the Boise State game. I thought in a lot of ways the turnovers that sort of cost this team against Tulane, I thought he was – one of the large reasons that they ended up losing that game on top of their defense not being timely. I mean, that first pick was a drive killer. It, yep. it was it was crushing because you really thought that you were about to put some points up on the board. would have been huge toward the end of the game, and yeah, he wasn't able to get it done. I understand that the offensive line hasn't been great this season for Seth, but he is making bad decisions out there, and that is not— And then not putting the, the one to Rock Taylor. Yes, it bounced off Rock Taylor, and people are saying, well— Yeah, but he threw it, it behind he him. He threw it behind him. Right on the sideline. We Rock has proven if you throw it at him, he's going to catch it. If you throw it, if you throw <laughs> he's it, he's going to catch it. If you throw a catchable ball, he'll likely catch it. Yeah, I think you can put blame on both sides, but the ball needs to be put on the sideline into Rock's hands, not behind. When him you're a third year starter, shoulder. you can't make that throw. Yeah, you, that throw's got to be better. Third year starter, huge game, got to be a better throw. If we're period. talking, if this was his true freshman year, it's different. Thirteen right. and seven, but this is not his true. And freshman I think year, that's right? what's straight. so odd about it is that his freshman year, we were like, oh. This is next something. in the line. This of, is next in the next line. Next in the line of Paxton Lynch. Then you had Riley. Then you had Brady. Next in line to be able to take this thing and 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 lift it up to what it has been, and it has never gotten to that. Right, and it's not like he's been. He hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been better. If that makes sense, like no. like you said, it's gotten Again, progressively it's a, it's a, it's a, worse. But let's be honest. With any quarterback, even in the NFL, we talk about growth year after year. Especially you got to grow, young quarterback. I haven't seen growth. You got to. I, I in 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 all reality, like I think there's a case out there to be made that you've seen a little bit of regression with where he's putting the ball. Maybe that yeah. comes with more confidence in year three. Maybe that has to do with uh, him having it all on his back because the run game wasn't going. There's a lot of different excuses you can make, but I feel like when it comes to taking care of the ball, it's not just a lack of progression. I think there's some regression there. Well, could you make the argument that the reason they couldn't run the football is because they couldn't throw the football? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, they didn't really – there wasn't a – usually you see a massive effort. They'll try to run the ball 30 you know, 30-some-odd yeah, times. They only times. ran the ball yeah. 19 times. It Blake like, Watson only getting five carries. They didn't, really try, they didn't really try to force it. I don't understand that. Yes, I, and, and also Blake Watson didn't get involved in the pass game at all either. And I think there's some injuries. I, I, I will have to see what happens with him going forward. But this team, let's be honest, while that was very disappointing, it can be frustrating. Um, you can have skepticism about the rest of the season. Everything's still out there for them. It really is. You lose a Tulane, you only have one loss in conference. Um, but you're looking at UAB at uh, North Texas versus UCF at Charlotte before a game against SMU. Now, SMU's right there with no losses in conference. I think the favorites this second would be Tulane and SMU to meet in the AAC championship. If you can knock off SMU, avoid any other losses, you're in a great spot. But I can see where people are going to meet that with a lot of skepticism based on, based on the, the past couple of years. Well, you know, it's the loss to Tulane, it makes a potentially special season be a probably good one. 
You know, and you wanted it to be special. It had the makings of being something special. You had the crowd there. You had the lead. You were going. It really looked like you were going to win that game. You would have back-to-back wins against Boise State and Tulane. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for the University of Memphis. Gain some momentum. Finally, we can stop talking about is Ryan the right guy for the job, at least for this season. We could just move forward as a fan base and as a team. And now we're having to have all these yep. conversations again when it felt like you were right there. We were right there from not having to have them anymore. And they're back to being prominent. And it's, you know, I don't think that it's wrong to have those conversations. It's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's disappointing. That's the best word I can use is it was a disappointing. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Night, because they were in position to win that game. They were talented enough to win that game. They were the better team at points in that game, and they lost. And that is that's a tough pill to swallow. Now, then you talk about the other possibilities. Uh, ten and two still out there. I think people are very excited about that. Ten would and be two. great. And a, and, a, and a showing in the AAC championship. People, people, hey, two thumbs up for that. Everybody sure. wants that. Nine and three with another loss against SMU. Uh, another team that's capable of beating you. Another toss up game. Um, and I don't know if anybody's that that you know bought in eight and four. I feel like you're not really. It, when we talk about arrows, right, trending up, trending middle, trending down, that would be trending middle for a lot of people, right. eight and four. Right. Seven and five, I think you can make a case. We can sort of tilt that down make a little a case, bit. Smack it down. Six and six, no chance. Like oh, that, everybody loses their mind. So, like, you talk about some of the things, the, the outcomes. I think the, the only reasonable outcome that gets everybody jumping back on board is winning out the rest of the year. And I know that the, the expectation – that is an unreasonable expectation in a lot of fan bases. But when you've seen the ability of this team to recruit, this program to recruit, what they can bring in, what they've put on the field year after year after year, the talent they possess on this particular roster, right? that's what people's expectations are going to be. And if those aren't met, you're just in a very uncomfortable, middling spot. You nailed it. That is absolutely, that's correct, what you just said. For... A long time this this offseason, we were told this is the most talented team we've had, the most talented team they've had, the best defense they've had, the best offense they've had, and it looks the exact same. And I think that's why you're like, what's going on? It looks the same. 
And that is what is concerning, is that there have been flashes of, sli- oh, this is well, something let me different. say this, though, There have Connor. been flashes. I think there's, if I'm talking about this reasonably, I think there's been improvement um, on both sides of the ball in certain areas. I think when you look at Rock and you look at, um, you look at Demir Blankemsey, that's a trend up. I think the O-line, as much as they still are a, a problem, as much as they still the, the ability to run the ball is not there, sometimes they have lapses in pass protection, it's still better than it's been the past two years. Now, granted, where we're coming from is not a, a, a place of power, but <laughs> if, as long as it's going up slightly, I, I think you can make the case it is better. Defensively, I think they've been better. They just big, give up big plays. They give up big plays in untimely time, uh, at, at untimely points in the ball game, and then as the t- as the going gets tough, especially against this Tulane team, against Mizzou as well, you can't get off the field, you can't get stops. I think that overall this team is better and more talented than it has been, but you're yielding similar right. results. Show us, yes, show us, please show us. All the talk of finishing, all the talk of um, when you get into those tough moments, pulling through. Another game like this against Tulane, and it just feels like it's going to fall on deaf ears, especially with the fan base. Right. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the game that came on after, uh, after the Tigers versus Tulane? Yes. Stanford and Colorado. Thriller. How about woo! a thriller? 46-43. I woke Stanford, up and I was like, whoa. Stanford pulls that one out in 2 That is kind of funny. I stopped watching the game. It was 29-0. Um, and I, something told me since Stanford was going to pull back into the game, but really, ultimately, what happened is Ashton Daniels, the starting quarterback for um, Stanford, and then their uh, their wide receiver. I think it's Alec Ayomanor. Alec Ayomanor, I believe, is how you say it. He didn't have a single catch in the first half. He started it off with a 97-yard slant that he took the took the distance, and in the entire second half, again zero for zero in the first half. He had 13 catches, 295 yards, three TDs. Have a, have a half, Alec. Have a half, buddy. Um, but this, again, just, just shows that I think this Colorado team, when we talk about substance and we talk about expectations, what they should be, I think they're still ahead of where they should be, but there is a lot they have to aspire to. There's a lot of things they have to sure up. Their secondary, their trenches, everything else. And it's going to be – it's going to be really tough for them the rest of the year. Like when you just look at the rest of their schedule, they're going to have to win some games down the stretch of the season. They're going to be a lot harder than uh, harder opponents than um, Stanford if they want to get to bowl eligibility. Arizona has looked really good. Just came off a win against Washington State, 44-6. to Washington State, in, the, in, it, in itself, they've been solid. They've been ranked all year. Granted, they just lost a nasty game to Arizona, but Cam Ward is still the, the starting quarterback for them. That's going to be really tough. And then the games outside of that, you have at UCLA versus Oregon State, who's just tough, and I think will pummel them in the trenches just every single time out. And then at Utah, and I think that's similar to the Oregon State game. It's going to be really hard for Colorado to get to bowl eligibility considering their remaining schedule. And considering they did start the year 3-0 and with a win over number 17 TCU at their place, that is not, that is not very exciting. It is not very fun. For everybody else who followed this Colorado program, we talked about ESPN where one week a quarter of their entire social structure on social media was pushing out prime content. I think less and less of that is going to become true as the season goes along, as we get through these last five games of the year. 
They just have a lot they need to work on. Right. It, it shouldn't surprise us, but the start and the excitement of 3-0 and um, has dissipated very quickly. It, it certainly has. It, it certainly has. I think the guest list for the games might be a little bit different than it was previously, but to your point, they are still a success story. They are still better than they should be this season. They are still an exciting team to watch play college football. I think you can still be in support of them while just saying, listen, this is still year one. They have <laughs> they have uh, have four wins when they had one last year, so that's progress. They've got some talent on the offensive end. They need the trenches, and they need defense. That's what they need, and that's just the truth of the matter, and I think it's okay to be truthful about it. You can still be excited for Coach Prime. You can still be excited for Colorado football and what Shador Sanders can do because he's still electric to watch when he's out there. Travis Hunter, holy crap, was welcome back. Yes. What a game. What a game from Phenomenal. that young man. Un- unreal. But you got to tell the truth too. They've got. Although to, Travis Hunter did get beat in, uh, I mean, a few times in that second well, half. Well, maybe because he was tired from 140 yes. yards on offense and two TDs <laughs> and two TDs. Got in the end zone. So yeah, you can be truthful about them. They're really exciting, but they've got some. They've got some. Uh, some ways to go. Imagine coming off a lacerated liver. I no, and then no, playing a hundred some odd plays and having that level of production. I mean, good God, that, that Travis Hunter's unbelievable. He's, I mean, he's nuts. I, I don't have to keep. I will keep banging that drum. I don't have to keep banging that drum. I think people understand it, but he is nuts. It is nuts so what he's been able to accomplish at, at Colorado. Um, now, elsewhere around the Pac-12, I think game of the week was Oregon-Washington. Washington 36-33. They end up winning that thing. Uh, Oregon had a chance to go kick a field goal at the end of the game. They ended up missing it. Um, Husky Stadium looks unbelievable, Connor. I need to, I need to make that trip and, and go go check, uh, check out Seattle uh, here relatively soon. have some family there, so maybe I'll, I'll go check that out. Um, but Washington proved that they're they're the team to beat now in, in the Pac-12, and they have a schedule down the stretch of the season. They're six and zero. Arizona State at Stanford at USC that'll be a big game. Versus Utah will be a game big game at Oregon State will be a big game. Then Washington State in a in the Apple Cup to end the year. Um, I thought that game though, as much as I want to give, and I should I do give a lot of credit to Michael Penix, three hundred three yards, four TDs, one INT. That game, to me, I thought Dan Lanning missed the mark. I thought he mismanaged that game. Loved the guy. Got to see the ability he possesses when he was here at Memphis. He's a Kansas City guy, William Jewell legend. All those things. I've said it on the show before. I respect the hell out of him. I think he's going to have a lot of success at Oregon. I thought he mismanaged that game severely. Two times you get in goal-to-go situations, you turn the ball over on downs. Um, then, um, you sort of look at that, uh, that, that last downs where it's fourth and three, you're on your own 47 and you decide to go try to get it. You roll Bo Nix out. Doesn't work the way you want it to do the way you want it. You roll him away from his arm, by the way. Um, so you roll him left and it doesn't work the way you wanted. Washington has good defense, good defense set up on that fourth and three play. And they turn the ball over on downs, again, on the Washington 47, I should say, not on their own 47. And with 2.16 to go, or whatever it was at that point, I think it was right there around two minutes, you know Michael Penix with a short field 53 yards to go is going to go down and put it in the end zone. I thought that was – punt it and make it as hard as humanly possible on Michael Penix. You have to take into consideration – I like the aggressive coach. I like a guy who says – I want to go get this. I want to trust my players. We've been rolling all day. We've been looking good offensively. I want to go in this game right now. I respect the guy who has the confidence in his uh, in his team and in his players. 
but I thought it was misplaced confidence considering who was on the other side. You have Michael Penix that only has to go 53 yards if this doesn't go according to plan. I just I thought ultimately great game, game of the week, all you could argue game of the year. I thought Dan Lanning did his team a disservice throughout the course of that game. Huge win for Washington though. Yes, huge 100%. win. It feels like people have to really take them seriously now. Well, you a hundred percent. They should have previously. No doubt. And Michael Penix is right there in the high. Like I'd put a top right. of the Heisman candidacy. I mean, how many yards has he thrown for this year? It's it's ridiculous to think what he's been able to accomplish. He's always been a good player, even when he was when he was at Indiana. But I mean, this is a guy twenty three hundred yards passing, twenty TDs, three INTs. He's completing seventy two to seventy three percent of his passes. That's his nuts. team six and zero. Oh. His team's atop the Pac twelve. You have to give him the credit. You have to put the credit on his name. Know who uh, f- fell out completely, though, of the Heisman candidacy, Heisman race. Caleb Williams? No. Nah. Can't do it anymore. And I'm glad I came in here after my honeymoon, and the first thing on my mind, weirdly enough, was USC. And, and maybe part of that was the Tigers had a, had a bye week while I was gone. Um, but I'm glad the first thing on my mind was USC and how bad they were defensively and it was going to catch up to them. Well, they were bad offensively, too. Couldn't keep Caleb Williams upright. Caleb Williams couldn't take care of the football. 203 yards, one TD, three INTs. He was sacked six times. I think a fair amount of those were his fault as well, trying to hold on to the ball, make something happen. But Notre Dame curb stomped him and showed Lincoln Riley, showed Alex Grinch, showed all those fans in Southern California that this is not their year and that they're not real. That's what that was, 48-20. That was an expose. Of Lincoln Riley, in my opinion. Things he's been ignoring for years and years and years coming back to haunt him. You can't just win games, roll out the ball, and expect Caleb Williams to score you 55 points. You have to have some level of defense, some level of game management. I didn't think they had anything go their way. That was ugly from start to finish. And I think it was good on Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. Good for them. That was a good win for them. Um, They... Showed some power, uh, showed a little bit of juice. But on the SC side, I mentioned that game last week at Notre Dame. Now you have number 14 Utah <laughs> this week. Then you have to go to Cal. Okay, you can win that game. But then last three games of the year. Versus Washington, who's number five in the current AP poll. At Oregon, number nine in the current AP poll. And then a rivalry game versus UCLA to end the year, number 25 in the current AP poll. This was never just going to be one loss based on what we saw the first six games of the year. It was a flash in the pan. Now we see what this team really is. Now they have bad film out there. There's been an expose. When you see those things on film, when Utah sees those things on film, when Washington, when Oregon sees those things on film, they will go after every weakness that USC has. So they better buck up and show a little bit of strength down the stretch of the season, or this could be two, three, four, four losses, God forbid. I mean, they've given up 40 three weeks in a row. They're bottom 25 in points allowed. I mentioned that last week. That was one of my big stats about USC. That's why you can't trust them. They give up another 48-piece on the road against Notre Dame. A team who I was worried about, again, worried about motivation. You lose two games, you thought you were a college football playoff caliber team. You're not going to make it there this year. You worry about motivation. They had plenty of motivation to go hammer USC, and they did just that again, 48 to 20. Now, let's move off of college football. 
for just a moment and get to a break. And when we come back from the break, I have a bunch to get to. Uh, we have college basketball ranking season. Tigers, not ranked the AP poll. Florida Atlantic, number 10. And then we have some Grizz preseason. Zaire Williams is showing, or at least making his case, as to why he should be the fifth starter, at least for the first 25 games of the year. That's next, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. I find it a strange day in the Memphis Tiger basketball orbit because the AP poll did release. Um, I think there was a lot of people, one, that hope DeAndre Williams would be on this team at this point. And I like there, there's some people around the program that will say that that door is ajar. I don't know if it is. I don't know if I can. They, they, they just, I, I think the NCAA is close to locking it, but at the same time, I think there were some people that would hope that would be the case. If he was on this team, I'm sure that the ranking would be better. But even without him, I think there was a lot of people that expected the, the Tigers to get some love in the AP preseason poll. But we learned today that is not the case. That is not the case. They were left off. Now, did they get seven votes? Yes, they sure did get seven votes. So if you're doing the whole, you know, based on how many votes they got, they'd be 32 in the country. But that's not actually how that works. They got seven votes in the AP poll. Uh, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Um, top five in the AP poll was Kansas at one, Duke at two, Michigan State at three, Purdue at four, Marquette at five, and then right down there at number 10 is Florida Atlantic. I still, Connor, I find it strange. I, I find it very strange. Not only based on the game last year that it was basically a timeout call away or, or a, one less turnover away from the Tigers getting through and potentially making the run that FAU could, could have made the run that FAU poten- that, that did last year to the Final Four. Um, but also, I look at this team as opposed to last year. You were top-heavy with DeAndre Williams and Kendrick Davis scoring everything else. And then you had Elijah McCadden and all these other role players, uh, Keontae Kennedy making moves. This year, you seem like a deeper team. You seem like you should get respect. Um, Tigers ended the year 24th in the AP poll, and they're not even breaking the top 25, even with the roster that's been assembled through the transfer portal. And the only thing that I can point to, and I know we've been sort of banging this drum all offseason, is they're getting docked for lack of continuity. They're getting docked for having a bunch of players that haven't necessarily played together. They've played a lot of ball, but not together. And it feels like that's sort of the the only thing that voters are looking at at this particular moment. I do think, though, if I'm doing the positive spin on this, I think it's fine. It doesn't matter where you're at in the AP in the preseason. Where are you going to be at by the time we get to conference play? Where are you going to be at by the time we get to the end of February into March? That's what's going to matter. I don't think this team will be outside the top 25 at those particular moments. 
So we'll see how it all it all shakes out for them. They're going to have a lot of opportunities early in the season to deal with uh, with ranked teams. A and M is at number fifteen. Um, again, FAU is at number ten. You have a shot at them twice during during the season. Uh, I mean, Villanova is at number twenty-two. They're in the uh, the uh, battle for Atlantis. There's a, a I think Arkansas at number 14 is in the battle for Atlantis. There's a lot of opportunity out there for them to play ranked teams and put themselves into the AP poll, solidly into the AP poll. I don't know if the preseason matters, but I do find it strange that they've been left out the way they have. Yeah, you know, I I think that I was a little surprised to see they didn't make the top 25. I thought the conversation about the team this offseason from the national standpoint Seemed like most people believe Memphis could make some noise, so I thought that they could sneak into the top 25. But if it makes you feel any better, Memphis is 32 in Kempom and FAU is 37, yeah, and 37 which, which is, is a bit <laughs> weird. But to your point, I think in the AP they're being docked for the continuity, but in Kempom, I wonder if the the older players actually help you in Kempom. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course they do. Like, of course so it's experience. All, it's like inverse. Yes, it's 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 very weird. But FAU has a bunch of old players, and they're still at 37. Yeah, what does I that don't know. tell you about the – Type of player, the talented type of player that's at the University of Memphis versus the players at FAU, still talented, but they just know how to mesh, know how to play together. I also found it interesting, 28th in adjusted offense, according to the Tigers, adjusted offense, according to Ken Palm, and 40 in adjusted defense. We know that year after year, what Penny is going to um, hang his hat on is the defensive side of the ball. Now, last year was a little bit different because of the your, your lead your lead scorer in Kendrick Davis was not much of a defensive player, so your defensive lineups tended to take a, le- a little bit of a dive. But this year, I think you have size, you have ability, you have some defensive prowess. I just some of these metrics aren't matching up to where I thought they would be at this point as we're getting into season. But it doesn't really matter, I think ultimately. Win early, yeah. Win early. You're going to have some top twenty-five matchups. Go win those, and you can show pretty quickly. And I think there's something to be said about expectation and reality and where your expectation is at right now. You can sort of do it from the dark, not be on the national scene immediately, and then show people where, you, where who you are, especially early in the season when you get into that non-con, which we have said is just massively important because of all of the power matchups they're going to have to deal with. But again, seven votes in the top 25. There's some people out there. That believe in this Memphis team, but I think a, a a large bit of the national media wants to see it in action before they actually put them into their AP poll. Uh, all the voters um, now on Grizzlies preseason, we're getting close to wrapping up. Only one more game going to be at the Bucks this Friday. You're going to have a big old layoff, um, but against the Heat, I was uh, I was quite impressed with Zaire Williams. Yet again, and he has ended the preseason. This has been the talk of the preseason. He's ended the preseason 50% from the field, 45% from three, 80% from the free throw line. He put up eight and a half field goal attempts per game uh, and five three-point attempts per game, right around three rebounds per game, um, two steals, three blocks. You saw the confidence showing up. I, I Again, uh, the original point that needs to be made about the Grizzlies in the first 25 and their fifth starter I don't think he needs – Zaire is going to be asked to be some main cog offensively. He's just going to have to fit in defensively and answer the bell when his number is called. That may be spot-up threes. That may be catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, maybe cutting, finding his way to the rim. But he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot, and I think the confidence he's showing is leading me to believe that opening night he'll be 
he'll probably be the starting three. I, I think he's earned it. You know, I think he's probably earned it at this point. We said that what we needed to see from Zaire Williams was exactly what he's shown us so far in the preseason. Do I think he's, you know, he's perfect and ready to go? No, he's still got some ways to no. go. But he's absolutely showing the signs that you want him to show. The three-point shooting and the aggressiveness on the offensive end is exactly what you want to see from Zaire Williams. He's looked good defensively. He's moving the ball around. He's been able to play make a little bit. He looks more comfortable out there, period. He doesn't look like the youngest guy on the basketball court anymore, and I think that that is what, that's what you're looking for. You're just looking for him to look comfortable, and that's what he's looked like. Um, last night was impressive, though. 19 points, yeah, three rebounds, yeah. two assists, four for six from three. He got off the bounce again and got an and one at the rim. I know Kevin Love's old, but Kevin Love's a crafty vet. Got an and one on Kevin Love <laughs> at the rim. Like, the confidence he's showing is unlike – it, beyond last year when it was just no confidence, he was uncomfortable, the injuries derailed him early in the season, and as the season went along, you saw no production. Even his rookie year, I didn't see this level of confidence. I think he's finally coming into his own as an NBA player and realizing what's expected of him. And at this point, I think the Grizzlies have taken a lot off of his plate in the fact that, hey, dude, we don't expect that much of you. We just want you to play with confidence, play your game, and let's move forward that way. Show me, show me a little bit of defense. Show me the attributes that you possess can lead to good defensive play, and you can be out there getting solid minutes early in the season. Right. That's why I think the first 25 games, right now, if you had to choose somebody, I think that Zaire Williams is probably the choice. I'd probably put David Roddy at second right now. He's still having a really good preseason, and he's yep. just been you know, kind of overshadowed by Zaire Williams' play. And that's a really positive thing if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. You wanted to see exactly this from Zaire Williams. Hopefully he can continue it. Hopefully he keeps up this confidence. And, you know, I, I think the hope is is that when you have Marcus Smart out there and you have the smarters or the starters out there like like Steven Adams, that he continues this play. He continues that confidence. We don't want him to fade into the background. Just and stay stay let's productive. Be, let's be, be completely useful. honest about what we've seen from Zaire Williams throughout his career through two years. When he plays alongside starters, he's a functioning NBA player. When he when you have asked him to be a reserve player next to a second group, that's when he has sort of shrunk. I don't I don't have a whole lot of skepticism about him getting inserted with Marcus Smart and Dez and Jaron and Steven alongside those guys. I don't have a lot of skepticism about him keeping that same confidence because I just feel like he knows that a lot, a lot will be taken off of his plate and he just has to do the things, some of the dirty work, uh, go rebound a little bit better, play some defense, uh, cut when you're asked to cut, make high IQ plays, and you're fine. He's not going to be asked to score 20 points a game. That's not, what, that's not what he's being asked to do, at least at this point. So I feel like as he plays next to those starters, a lot of the confidence will sort of radiate off of them into him in those moments, and they'll be able to coach him coach him up as it all goes along. Right, and that's why I think it's been encouraging that he has been able to have this confident play without those guys on the floor. When he's been going on going in with the second units, he's looked like one of the better players out there. He is he is establishing his dominance against players who are lesser than him pretty quickly, and that's what he has to do. That's that self-confidence that we haven't seen the last few years that we are starting to see in the preseason. I just hope it continues from here, but very encouraging things from Zaire Williams. He's had a very good offseason. I very, think so. Very good preseason. So. Or preseason. Well, He's well, struggled but, earlier, but, but I think, preseason's been very good. But again, I think part of that is getting back to being healthy. Yeah, he looks not different. Dealing, not, His body just not looks de- different. But not dealing with an injury right. early in the season, being off the floor. He's had more time he put some on weight the floor. On. He yeah. put a little bit of weight on. I think... The confidence comes from that, absolutely, more so than anything else. I don't it, like last year. 
if you want to make excuses for the kid, he just didn't have a full offseason to work with, no. and that's why you he saw never the production got right. dip so bad. Yeah, he never got right. Yeah. He was able to get right, and now he is showing what he can do. He is t- making the most of his opportunity. And I do find it funny, like, people, when you, when you talk about this and say he's going to be the fifth starter, they're like, well, yeah, I mean, are we really going to sell that he's going to be some guy that will start the entire – no, that's not what he's being asked to do. This Verse is 25. He's a guy, confidence, young, show what you can do. I, I don't think he's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but if he's the best of what they got to take, take, take on the or bear the brunt of being the fifth starter for the first 25 games, he's the best that they have. And I think he's shown that through the preseason. I don't, I don't see how you watch at least the last three games and don't sort of he agree with He certainly has sentiment. chemistry with the starters. That's the thing. He's got chemistry with them. They seem comfortable when he's out there with them. That's important. Yeah. Now a lot to get to with Jeff Calkins on the other side. Tulane gets over top of Memphis. Uh, we have the preseason rankings. The AP poll comes out. Tigers are not part of it. We have Grizz preseason. We'll get to this conversation we just had with Jeff on the other side. But that's next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.